You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This is Grand Design Podcast with DJ and Jerry Grand, where we link the chains of reason of sports, politics, and culture. Welcome back to the Grand Designs Podcast. This is DJ Grand, and with me as always is my partner, Jerry Grand. Hello. Before we get started, I want to tell you how you can get in touch with us. You can go to granddesignspodcast.com, at Grand Design Pod with Twitter, and Grand Design Podcast for um, Instagram. Today we're going to be talking about character and how it's necessary within all of the sports and if it even matters. Well, that's just it. Is it necessary anymore? Uh, this Monday, uh, it took off the Kareem Hunt, who was let go by the Kansas City Chiefs for domestic violence. There was a film of him kicking a woman. They cut him right away. Just and this is in uh, game week twelve, and he was leading the league in rushing. He was a part of their offense, so he was a stud. And they just outright let him go. They said that he lied. He didn't tell him. He said that nothing happened. He he wasn't there, and it turned out the film came up. The video that proved it, so the Chiefs let him go right away. Went through the whole the, the playoffs. You know the Chiefs happened. The Patriots won. Now it's the off season, and the Cleveland Browns signed him for a million dollars. And the f- fans of Detroit are just livid. A well-known talk show, sports uh, radio afternoon show, is leading the way. That the Lions were wrong. Now, um, Pat, uh, I think it's Dan Quinn, the GM for the Lions, came out and said they thought about it, but they did not want that character. And they have lit him up for not getting, not taking the gamble for Kareem Hunt. Because they went and uh, looked at, I think it was the Rams, who were 1 in 15, three or four years ago. And they inquired three players, uh, Keeb Talib, Flowers, and I can't remember the third player, all with criminal history. And they're using that as, that's okay now. As long as you win your championship, it's okay. And again, they're really busting the Lions. But there's a, the caveat that I'll bring up after I get your response, how, what you feel about this. It's the same as always. It's pragmatism. The, the Lion fans don't care about um, principles of, of whether I – mean, we're talking about hurting somebody here now. We're not just talking about some, some nonchalant you know, mistake. Well, this is integrity. This is pure character. Absolutely. And, and obviously Lions fans and the radio don't care about character. But I don't think they're thinking it through. Do you really want to win a championship with a person – well, I, actually, they've already got somebody. They acquired him the last two years, LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, he's famous for, in his senior season, opening day, uh, in the end of the game, just punching a, uh, a fellow, uh, not fellow, a, uh, a team that he was playing. At the, the end of the game, they're walking off with the helmets off, and he just slugged them. Got suspended the whole year from the NCAA, and then was drafted in the first round, which just got forgotten about. Because they don't care about right or wrong. Well, they care won. about the glittering prize of winning the championship. He's won two championships now, one with the Eagles and one with the Patriots. And that's what the Lions fans want. See, that's what matters to them. It's the championship, that glittering prize, not principles. And this is where I think they're being hypocritical because in the beginning of the year, if you go back, what did they do to Matt Patricia? Oh, they, they raked him over the coals because of a, a supposed alleged, a sexual yeah, rape assault. that he was a part of. And that how come Dan Quinn didn't vet and uh, investigate this? And how could he be part of the coaching staff? 
I mean, they wanted him gone the first week because they got blown out, and they used that as a reason to get rid of him. Yet here we are in the season, and now that doesn't matter no more. Go get this player. Well, that's just hypocrisy. Well, again, it's the media, and this is where it, it's more or less this show is entertainment because they are entertaining the fans because character does matter. And I'm kind of very pleased that Quinn came out and said such, that we're not going to go in that direction. I completely agree because now it also goes into should the Lions, because right now Antonio Brown wants to trade. To the Lions, and they brought Kareem Hunt and Antonio Brown. Take a chance. Go out there and get Antonio Brown. See, but it's more than just ability, especially with Antonio Brown, because with the with the Steelers, it was the locker room uh, chaos that was caused by Antonio Brown. He, he has fractured that locker room. I and mean, he just came out and went off on Ben, ben Roethlisberger as being he has an owner mentality. Well, this was my point. You're sacrificing um, a cohesive locker room just to try and win a championship. It, you're not going to do First it. It's going to hurt. It's well, the locker room not going to help with Antonio Brown. It will not be cohesive. There's just no way unless he gets the ball. If he gets the ball and he's happy, and you name him MVP, and I, I literally mean that because this whole thing with the Steelers is because he wasn't named MVP. Juju Smith Schuster was, and he did not like that at all. And um, Smith's, uh, Shyster had an, uh, more yards, more catches than he did. He had a better year than, and Antonio Brown got upset that the team didn't elect him as MVP, hence walked out of practice, just walked out, didn't show up. And that's when a time when benched him, wouldn't play him in that game because he walked out. Now he's demanding a trade. What do you think is going to happen when he gets to this new team? No matter what team he's, he's going to. And doesn't get the ball. He's going to cause chaos within the locker room. It also shows that Antonio Brown isn't authentic. If he was authentic, it wouldn't have mattered. It, he would have played either way, whether he got the MP or not. It, what matters is what I do out on the field. And it shows he's not oh, it's authentic. About, but it's about him. And that's why, that's you, why he's not authentic. Do you want this kind of person on your team? I, I wouldn't want it, it, but obviously Detroit fans do and, and Detroit radio stations do because they want the championship. But I believe they're so desperate that it's driving them to the extreme. They are, but that and doesn't make it right. If they win that championship, how, how valuable is it? To me, it wouldn't be, but to them, it would be, be a lot. They'd be partying in the streets, just like when the Tigers won in 84 and they went out in the streets and partied. That's what it would be. That's what they're looking for, that well, parade. So it's all—it's about winning that trophy then. That's all it's about anymore. And that's pretty sad that it comes to that state in sports where character gets thrown out the window because back when we were growing up, it was all about character. didn't matter how good you were. If you did not uphold the, for example, the, the Lombardi rules, you, you're off the team. Even if you sort of touched down and broke the play, you still got penalized. That does not happen now. Well, I'm glad they didn't go after Kareem Hunt. I don't think he deserves to be playing anywhere. And well, if it comes out that Until it's true that he's guilty, yes, then he doesn't. He should not be playing anywhere. So I'm glad they they passed over him, even if it means they lose because of it. I, I think for once the line management did the right thing. I completely agree. But that will take us into now our second uh, 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 topic about character, which is Matt Kuchar. Now, back in November, Matt Kuchar won a golf tournament. And at the time, his caddy could not make this weekend, could not make the tournament. So he went and got a club caddy, um, set up a contract that they signed. The contract said, basically, if, you make, if, we, if I make it past the cut, you get $2,000. If I make it to the third round, you get 3000 The caddy gets 3000 The caddy gets 3000 Make it to the third round— it's uh, the third round three thousand. The fourth round is four thousand. Top ten. I mean, at the end of the tournament. If I finish the top ten, you get four thousand. That was the deal. Well, he won the tournament and gave him five thousand, a thousand dollar bonus. 
Was Kucher wrong for doing that? I guess it depends. I mean, contractually, no, he wasn't wrong at all. He did what 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 he was contractually uh, ob- obligated to do, and then went above beyond that and gave him an extra thousand dollars. Okay, here's where the I guess what I, I'm not telling you. He this caddy wasn't a pro caddy. He was the club caddy, just one of the caddies that worked at this club. The pro caddies they get ten percent of the winning. That golfer wins. They, they, it's in the rule. They get ten percent. But isn't that signed before the contract? That they, I mean, before the tournament, that they get the ten percent. Then See, exactly. So that caddy did not yeah. sign that contract. Well, even the, the, the caddy signed the contract of the five thousand dollars or the four thousand dollars. He couldn't sign the ten percent because he didn't have the card to be a pro caddy. If, if the PGA, the, the golfers got to get their own caddy, and usually they have to be. Uh, My point was is that they signed the contract, the ten percent, the. the that's a part the, of yes, the yes. PGA caddies. Yes, they signed, signed the contract prior to the tournament. Correct. So then it's legitimate and they should be paid. But if he signed a different contract, he, he Kucher is not obligated to do any other terms but that contract. Now whether he sh- chooses to go above that and gives more of a reward, that's up to him. But it's not obligated in any other way. It's like a Christmas gift almost. You can give something a certain amount, but you don't have to give anything more than that. I mean, it's it's well, it's Matt Kuchar came out. Now this happened in November, so it was a while back that he won this tournament. And just now, beginning of February, this caddy comes out and says, "I just got this much. I was expecting fifty thousand." He, he publicized it. He came out and said, I was expecting this, and I feel – and then Kuchar offered him 20000 and the cat turned it down. No, nah, don't give me the 50000 just forget it. So now this is all in the media, and the fans just tore him up in the last uh, tournament. Instead of saying Cooch when he hits the ball, they say Cooch. It was cheap. The sponsors came after him. They literally made him pay 50000 this caddy. Only because the caddy made it vocal. And That's the, damage control. The sponsor is trying to control well, the damage and stopped well, all the negative feedback. Before the sponsor, uh, Kucha came out and said, look, the guy made $200 a day. I think 5000 for a weekend is a pretty good raise. Now, I'm sleeping well at night. So he was defending his actions of giving him that contract. But today before I'm getting ready for our show, I was listening to the Will Kane show, and they came out and said not one person agreed with Kucha. I'm here to say I agree. He did nothing wrong. Contractually, he did nothing. He did nothing wrong, wrong. and now, he actually went above and beyond. He gave him an extra thousand dollars. Had he been smart, knowing that he won one point three, he probably would have gave him the you know the twenty five thousand back in November and not let it wait until the caddy came out and brought it to the media. Because then it became your right damage control. Well, now the sponsors are involved. It's two different issues. It's whether he's contractually obligated and he's not, or whether he should pay more money because he got one point five million. You said one point three. Same. That that are two separate issues. I mean, he could afford it, but he doesn't have to. If he's, a, it's all about character. If it's in his character and he's a good person, he would have given him a little bit more. But it's, it's he didn't have to. I mean, I agree. I, I'm, I'm here to say he did the right thing. He had the contract set up. Now, PR wise, he probably should have just said before this, just the damage control before it even got out, gave him the whatever twenty, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars back in November. This never would have happened. Now, for the K to wait and say something three months later. Is still a little bit sneaky, and he kind of played coacher there and let it go for a while and then got the media involved and knowing full well that the media was going to just lynch him, and they did. I wonder why waiting this long made a difference. I mean, what's the difference between saying it right away when it happened or, or wait for three, four months? Why Why does it, Why now did, did it cause it the worked. uproar? It worked. I know it worked, but why? I, I, that, I have to ask him. I don't know why he waited. I don't get but it. But he did, which now brings us into uh, Colin Kaepernick. And this is really ish, uh, 
current because just today the NFL announced they they basically settled his collusion case. Now I find that baffling because there was no collusion. The owners did not get together. There was no smoking gun. They had no documents. So why they settled? The only thing I can figure they just wanted to get just to go away. But getting back to the national once again bad PR. Correct. They wanted to just save all the complaining that was going on. Uh, the NFL saving their face. They have so much money. Just pay a little bit to go away. Now, um, standing during the national anthem, isn't that another way of? Well, it does show character, but my point with the national anthem is I think people are getting that so, so wrong. I don't think anyone – America is what they are because of choice. I mean individual rights are choice. You have the choice to be who you want to be. The definition or the point of fascism is to make the masses act as one. Well, what are you doing when you stand up – when 20,000 or 80,000 all stand up together, all put their hands on their heart – all sing the same song, trying to hit the same notes. That is a fascist undertaking. I think it's the ignorance of the people that demanding anybody to stand, whether you stand or not, should be an individual choice. I'm not saying it's wrong to stand, but it's also not wrong to sit either. And they made a big deal over nothing. And I think they don't understand that actually they're cheering for fascism. All the masses are acting as one. And the masses believe that because of the vets, the guys who died for this country, that die, they died for our individual rights, that we owe them to stand up. It take, they take it a little more personal. Especially if, I can't if they argue them. with that. They, they, they fought for their own freedom, and they fought for the freedom of others. And freedom means you can stand or sit. That is freedom. That is a contradiction to say, I went out there and fought for you, and now you have to stand up when, uh, uh, during the national anthem. You can also go into, why isn't the national anthem even being played before meaningless games? There, there are more important times to play the national anthem than, than meaningless sporting events. I hate to say it, but tradition has always been that way. Tradition doesn't necessarily make agree, it right. But, but, but that's why they do it. They've done that for just forever since the beginning of when sports are played. But now I agree with you, but... I think Kaepernick, he picked the wrong venue for his protest because he protested during the national anthem, went on his knee, when it, it had nothing to do with first social inequality. There were other platforms for him to go out and actually vent or expose his point of view, be it run for office. He could have took it to the streets. Or, or like Bill Walton did back in the UCLA. This guy played for UCLA in the college and went out and literally shut down, I forget, the street when they just blocked it all off because of the whole peace movement. And I forget, I think it was Berkeley, California. They shut it. They just shut it down. So I give Walton. He didn't protest the game. He played the game. The but he streets. didn't. Yeah, he took it to the street and actually protested there. Kaepernick, he, he um, this is just my opinion flat out here. He did that because he lost a starting job and he wanted to protest. And he said social injustice just to get him out of hot water. End of story. Now, after he did that, it blew up. The media took it, hit the players, the, the, the press, just took it to another level of the way that uh, social inequality. But when we get to the equality, you can't be equal. And this guy makes $26 million or at the time a year. And he's sitting here talking about social inequality. That people don't have the chance to make money or it was the police brutality and all that stuff. But I don't want to get into they were actually committing a crime. They may have went too far the police, but they were committing a crime. Um, That's all left out. It, and then it goes back to kneeling for the national anthem for social justice, social inequality. It was social justice, but 
I think that's another mistake like when the people stood up for the, or forced them to stand up for the national anthem. Social justice is an invalid concept because justice is an absolute. There's no such thing as black justice, white justice, Chinese justice. Justice is an end in itself. It is justice. So, and it kind of, when you have to, when you have to dilute it by bringing in social in front of justice, you're kind of stealing the legitimacy of the proper concept of justice to make your cause better. If it is just, is simply just. You don't need to put social in front of it to make it just. Now, I'm not saying that th- there isn't police brutality. That's not the point. The point is, is that the, the concept of social justice is wrong, just like standing up for the national anthem is a fascistic undertaking. I don't think most people understand exactly what, it, unwittingly, they're not, they don't know what they're st- standing up for. The masses are incredibly ignorant. Yeah. They do not know, and worse yet, they don't know that they don't know. Absolutely. So I agree with you there. But with Colin Kaepernick, I think he brought it – it was more of bringing the attention to him. It had nothing to do with the, the social – that was just the the platform he was taking. He, I don't think he believed that one minute he was bringing attention to him himself, what was happening to him. He was being benched. Well, I, I think – I think that's Jim Harbaugh. It, Ever since Jim Harbaugh left, his quality of play down. went down, and then he he found himself no longer the starter. And what else can I do? Bring bring attention to me, so that way I can get a starting job again. It makes total sense to me. Now, now that he's uh, settled the uh, collusion with the NFL, I find it I can't believe he's going to get a job. Yet his attorney came out and said uh, there's a, there's three teams that he would fit perfectly with. Now I cannot believe after him settling a collusion lawsuit. That the NFL would let him play again because, again, he starts, he gets benched, now you're colluding. You can do it all over again. That's what – the NFL has smart lawyers. I have to believe they do and it would be totally surprising to me if the NFL did not put some kind of clause in him, not Eric Reed, but Kaepernick's um, a, a settlement – that he can't come back to me. He can't get a job for the NFL again because he can do the same thing, just as you said. And, and if he throws three interceptions, goes out, and then is benched again, he can then say, I'm, they're colluding against me because he, no one's let me play. He got, could pull the same exact stuff. And he got away with it the first time, so why could he do it again the second That's why time? it will totally shock me if he actually does get another job in, in, the, in the NFL because of the fact that I, I can't believe the NFL would allow that to happen. It puts the NFL in a very vulnerable position by allowing him to go back out there on the field. First, I don't believe there was collusion. I've said it before at the beginning of the show here. There was no smoking gun. That They didn't have any proof that the owners got together and said, we do not want this guy. Now, each individual owner, I think, made a direct statement to their GM, we don't need this attention, this negative distraction to our team. We do not want that here. It wasn't a group. It was each person, each business realizing this guy's bad. He's bad for business. And that happened for two years now. He's been out of the league for two years. It had nothing to do with his talent because the ironic part is when he, his last season, he was one in 10. So in the NFL, it's about winning. But his stats, they were, they were pretty good. They were better than Stafford's. 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, I think over 5,000 yards. Again, but the team but was wasn't one, yeah. one in 10. The team, they're horrible. They're terrible. Harbaugh had left. So in the NFL, it's all about winning. He couldn't win anymore. He tried out for Pete Carroll, and they did not take him. Now, he tried out. They actually had worked him out. Why wouldn't they take him? If he could play and help them win. We're getting back to character now. Why is it that Kareem Hunt, who has no character, can get a job within six months of a video being shown of him kicking a woman? He's now reemployed, yet Kaepernick 
he's not employed. And it's not about talent now. Because if, if he was good, then a, a team would have picked him back up. You're right. I totally agree with you. He, he, I think if he had the talent, he would be, he would be playing right so, now. And that's another thing. Even besides the contract, he hasn't played in two years at least. So he, he's got to be rusty. That's he's not going that's that's not not to help. help him. But I guess my point to the league where it wasn't collusion, if the guy could help, a team would have picked him up. If he had the, the skills and could still do it, a team would have— as, Well, his least, argument is that because he could play, and his stats did say that, that there, was, there had to have been some sort of collusion to stop him from, from getting, getting a job. The one person in his NFL quarterback that really aids Kaepernick's side is uh, Nathan Peterman. Do you know who he is? He's, he was the NFL, the Buffalo Bills quarterback. He's terrible. Uh, he's the worst quarterback QBR in NFL history. Uh, seven interceptions in one game. And one half, as a matter of fact. He went down as the worst quarterback ever. So the Colorado Kaepernick camp is, well, that pierce collusion because this guy is terrible. Kaepernick was better than this guy. So why isn't Kaepernick back in the league? So now I go back to, well, if Kareem Hunt can get a job and he's got low character, why wouldn't they, uh, uh, one team out of 32? It's possible that, like when you said for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, that they looked at him as an individual and said he will hurt our individual franchise. And they didn't, all the owners didn't sit around a room smoking their cigars and, and saying, I, no one's, we're not going to hire this guy. I think that happened in, with every single team because I think every single team brought up Colin Kaepernick and they all agreed he's not good. Distraction. That's because of character. They thought his character would have hurt his team based on him protesting. Which is why we get back to I cannot see him getting a job in the NFL. They just paid him. And now I'm understanding we won't know. It's private, but it was a lot of money. It was substantial. Reed didn't get that much, but Colin Kaepernick got a lot of money from the NFL. If Kaepernick is smart, he would have he would have projected himself playing another ten years in the NFL and would have got confiscated for those ten years. Whether I, I have no idea what the NFL paid him. Nobody does, but it won't come out for a while. It'll leak out, you know, down the road ten years, whatever. This conflict. I'm sure there's a confidentiality agreement within that settlement. Oh, there is. That's one thing so they did come out. how long it is, and that, that's when it'll come out, and we'll finally know. As I just, far as Kaepernick signing, March 13th. That's the day the new season starts. If the team's going to sign him, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen that day. For example, right now, Joe Flacco's already been traded. It can't be official until March 13th, but the Broncos have already acquired him from the Ravens. All right? Just so that's, officially. It's out in the press. They negotiate it, and that's, why that's not tampering, I don't know, but— it, it's been talked about, and it's been actually said. Elway agreed to it. So if Kaepernick goes out and gets signed, they'll basically say, hey, they've agreed to sign Kaepernick, but can't do it till March 13th. So there's our two-week window. But again, the attorney for Kaepernick is out there saying this. You'd think he would say, really, he'd be quiet because he can't talk about it, and knowing Colin Kaepernick's pretty much done. No, he just can't talk about the, the agreement. He can talk about anything else. And, and the funny part was he would only uh, – and a Patriot coach who has Patriot heritage would be a good fit for Colin. That's Matt Patricia. Uh, Flores in Miami now. Um, the gentleman that's in um, Tennessee. I forget his name. And then the guy in Houston. Well, didn't – I could have sworn I read that. Pete Carroll too. No, he, he, didn't he say with Eric Reed in, in Carolina with the Panthers? Because – It would be a fit too. There's a, there's a New England connection with the Panthers too. There's a coach on New England that used to be with the – on the Panthers that used to be with New England. Every single team is – there's a New England connection somewhere. So there's where I'm just, this attorney's just, I don't know, being the attorney, the press conference, draw, Jeffrey Feiger, bring attention to himself. 
not really the actual meat of it, which is he can't talk about I it. I can't figure it out, but maybe it's because he thinks that they will they have the best chance of winning something, so pushing them that way, promoting them to go that way. That's possible, but again, I think that's something we can talk about in two weeks because we'll know more then. But as of right now, I don't think we'll see Colin Kaepernick. And I look, I understand if he wants to uh, protest, but he has many avenues to do it. But doing it for the national anthem and the way he did it was just completely wrong. It just gave the it gave the NFL a huge black eye, and that could be why I think they settled. Just go with away, it. exactly. Just, they they didn't want to have this bad got, news constantly coming again and again. And they've got so much money, they can just say, "Hey, just go away." We don't want to talk about this anymore. We don't want this publicity coming back at us. And they're more public relations conscious, even though they're blowing it left and right. But that's what the NFL is more PR than they are because they got so much money. I'll be shocked. I'll be totally shocked if they, if any single team signs in whatsoever. I just, I, I really think that the NFL is smarter than that. I would agree, but we're going to have to wait and see because, again, his attorney's saying that there's three teams that I'll take him. Which, but that brings into character with, with, comes into the minor leagues of the NFL, which is the NCAA. And how they offer their scholarships. Now, Harbaugh and Saban are the ones that are most known for just being crude and rude, and it's all about— I'd say ruthless, not rude, but go ahead. Well, when, I, when you bring a kid up freshman year, and I don't care what star he is now, but you sign, he signs, and he goes to the program, and whatever happens, the sophomore year breaks his leg. And now the junior year, you're coming to him and telling him, and I quote, you know, you're on a medical, you're not going to play this year, you're done. And we're giving your scholarship to somebody else. This kid is now he's got to go out and get a scholarship for the next two years. He's not playing football. They made it clear you're not playing for us. So he has an option to transfer and sit out a year to help him play again. But it's basically you're no good to us anymore. I know we offered that four year. We've only been here two years. But we're going to go in a different direction. Now we're going to offer this scholarship to a five-star we're bringing in in the 2020 class. But how is it any different in the NFL? Someone breaks their leg and they sign a, a five-year contract. They break their leg after one year and, and then say, we're done with you. No more. I mean, the how NFL, is it any different? The NFL, they're getting paid. and they're, I'm talking about in, term, in the context of a contract. I mean, how is it any different that the NFL can just let someone go the same way that the collegiate teams can just let someone go? I mean, to me, it's exactly the, the same. college athlete has got to now find a way to pay for two more years. When he thought he was going to get a full four-year ride, because he got hurt, he does not get that anymore, and he's on his own. Isn't it Freddie contingent McEwen, on him playing, though? If he doesn't play, why should why is the college obligated to pay for someone who's not benefiting them whatsoever? That's a good question. Are they just like when the NFL gets hurt? You got workman's comp, and you're being paid for the injury, the therapy, however long it takes to get back. That, that kid's scholarship should be paid for. He should still go to school. And it, well, how it goes against with the NCAA rules about it being a college scholarship, that's a whole other issue. In fairness, I have heard them paying for injuries. It's, I think your argument would be better based on well, just on talent. There's, when, when there's, another, other, there's other examples where the guy just isn't good enough anymore. He doesn't fit the team. He's kind of not improved the way or developed in a good Freddie McDoom. In the first couple of years, that kid was just quick as hell. Where's he at now? Well, he had to transfer, he but had transfer I think be- that also had size to it, too. He wasn't as big as It may be, else, but, but he had a scholarship, but now the kid's scrambling because he didn't get hurt, and he's— See, I kind of agree with that that because it's based, it's based on performance. It's based on whether you go out there and do the college— I mean, you're, you're given the scholarship to, to play, and if you can't play, then why are they obligated to continue on with the scholarship? I mean, it's contingent upon you playing. 
that forty year that four year scholarship is a degree, which gets that it's almost like gets that kid into a, a profession. So, and they're if they're promising them that that for, that letter of intent, if it's for a four year scholarship. Now it doesn't say. See, I don't think it is. I, I think it's just to play. Well, no, and, and think, to get your scholarship locked down th- for that year I, or how long you're going to play. I don't I'm think not, it's automatically if four I'm not years. Mistaken, they go year by year. Yeah, that, it's not it for four years. And that's the, my point. And that's what makes it tough for the kid because the kid just jumps to the conclusion I got a four year ride at whatever University of Michigan. That's not really true. It's a four year ride if you produce, if you give us the results. All right, but here we go. With that kid who came in. Whatever economical background, but he can't afford college. You know, University of Michigan alone, Notre Dame, all these prestigious schools where it costs money. Now the kid's out looking to transfer, and if he transfers to a D1 school, he's sitting the next year. And the only reason they go to these big programs is to, it's the next step to the NFL. And that dream has just been shattered. Because they, whatever reason, well, I think introduced. if they're good enough to make Michigan, they're good enough to get on another college and get a scholarship and get an education. So I don't think that an education is just automatically wiped out for them. However, you have to sit out a year though. If you logically consistent, if you are logically consistent, then you'd have to say that they have to keep everybody that they first recruit or who signs a letter of intent. And if it doesn't pan out, they're stuck with them. There's no way they can improve. You're there for four years. And I don't think that's fair to the college. Okay. I, okay. I agree. But what about the, the, the athlete having to play in the bowl game? When he, right now, there's a big issue about. I think Rashawn Gary was right for not playing. He could have hurt himself. John Jansen would disagree with you. I don't care what John Jansen says. I think John Jansen but is he, wrong. He would say, no, you signed a commitment. You owe that university to play that game. You owe them. Now, I heard, I'm quoting John Jansen because he was livid because these players who do not play the bowl game. And how he played, he played his bowl game. He went out and, you know, the whole memories, and I get that stuff. But almost they committed to the school. So where's that commitment back to, from the school to them? They committed to the school, not to the bowl game. There's, cause, but if that school wins their bowl bid, then they have to, the credit to the school is playing for that bowl, whether it be the Peach Bowl, or the Card Classic, or even the Cherry Bowl. But still, the you did, bowl. they did not commit to any bowl game. They should not be obligated. Once again, it's choice. They committed morality to the is about choice. And if you take away the choice, you take away morality. So what you're basically saying is be immoral. You have to play. You don't have a choice anymore. I totally disagree with that. I think, especially on his individual interests, speaking of Rashawn Gary, anyways, well, all of them. They could. What if he would have got hurt during that game, and he would have he would drop down his uh, ranking in the draft? John Jansen would use. Uh, I think his name was Jake Butt, the tight end, who got hurt in the bowl game, and he was projected first round. He lost millions of dollars. And Jake Buck said it was all worth it. I'd do it again. No, he's not in the NFL now, but he had an insurance policy, cashed but it out. But he made that choice. Good for him. I'm not saying he's – I John mean, that's Jansen great, but he made the choice. John Jansen used him as the example of the commitment to the university. I mean, John Jansen is, you know, true blue, go blue. You owe the university. You signed that letter of intent for four years. You owe that college to play the bowl game that you went through the whole season. You, you come into the university, and the university – has had the honor of playing whatever bowl game it is, and now you owe it to the university to go play that bowl See, game. See, that's a contradiction because then they would be obligated to do the four-year scholarship. And that's what I'm getting at. That, at the, if that's the game they're going to play, it's it's the other that, side of, of a coin. That is the game right now because it's huge. And they're wrong. They're saying that it's There's, okay for us to cut a player early 
not do the four years, but you have to commit to your entire four years and play the bowl game. That's absolutely and that's wrong. my and that's point. a contradiction. That's my point. And John Jansen is clear of the University of Michigan how upset he was with Gary Higdon and the others. There was Devin four Bush players. didn't play. Devin Bush, all of them. I think uh, Long didn't play the defensive back. There's four players that didn't play. He was not happy with those four. Any Michigan man it went back to others. He was he was going off on all the players that didn't play this year. Every year it increases. And what it is, these guys are first-round picks. If they're projected in the first round, they're not playing. Now, I'll even go one step further this year with a, a defensive tackle, Lawrence from Clemson. Now, this guy was clean, one of the top defensive linemen in the country. He's big and quick, like Rashawn Gary. Clean his whole career, but conveniently tested positive before the NFL, the college playoffs. Now he's out. He's a senior. And no one's saying a word about it. He conveniently basically did not want to play in the bowl game. Now, they played the say, National My hands are tied. I, ha- I can't play no matter what. See, I got that takes choice out, too. I got busted. I can't play. But <laughs> in the beginning, I think literally. That's conniving what that is. And I'm going on the record saying I think that was planned. He, wanted to, he did not want to catch the grief for not playing for his, his alma mater, especially when Clemson was in the college playoffs. And that takes it to another level. Because now that the kids are playing, they're saying if they go to the playoffs, they'll play the game, which is not true. Well, that shows me the shallowness of his character, and we're talking about character. If you're going to connive like that to get out of it and not just come out and be a man and say, no, I don't want to play. At least I, I can hand it to Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush because they were they were they came with their honest and they said we're going for the draft, the NFL draft. That's what's important now. I get that, and that's they have every right to do that. Now Nick Bosa upped it; he, he upped that whole anti. See, I was going to bring him up, yeah. So that makes him wrong for uh, wiping out an entire season to get ready for the NFL. I was going to bring him up. There are some that are blaming him for Ohio State's downfall in that part of the season because he left. He just. Had the core surgery and one never player. came back. One player. So much for the great recruiting of Ohio State. If it's just one player will cause you to go down. It goes back to the commitment. Those that will build you up will push you down right away. And that's John Jansen. They'll basically, he'll, he'll say, well, you, son, you, you know, you didn't qualify. You really didn't measure up. You didn't develop as we you know expected. So we're taking that scholarship away. But had he developed, you owe us to play in that bowl game. I Like I've already said, that's a blatant contradiction. It's wrong both ways. It's it's if you're going to say that you, I don't have to pay him for the I don't have to do the commit to the four year scholarship, then they don't have to commit to the ball. Now here, here's another version of of the recruiting. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he was hired as the USC offensive coordinator for this season coming up. So those guys got to go out and recruit. He recruited one of the top uh, re- high school wide receivers in Texas, and that that kid signed the letter of intent to go to UC, USC based on Cliff Kingsbury. Now, you've already stated that you don't sign uh, for the coach. You sign for the university. But that kid went there, volunteered for that offense because of how the offense Cliff Kingsbury run, which is spread open, shoot, run, score left and right. Three days after the kid signed their intent, Cliff was hired for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Now, this kid is out cold. Different system, different coach. He went there for that coach. Now, the coach is gone. Now, he has since transferred to Texas, but he's lost his freshman year. He has to sit his freshman year, and he'll play a sophomore Only year. Only if USC sticks to their guns. They can release them from, from the, the letter of intent. But they won't. They already said they won't. He's, he's already transferred with the year suspension. Just like Mike Weber, the same thing happened to him. He wanted to go to Michigan. Higdon committed. He backed out. But the uh, running backs coach for Ohio State 
was a good friend and the coach, I believe, at the high school in Detroit where uh, Weber was playing. What's the cast? Yeah, it was, yeah it was, I think it was cast. Anyways, he was the coach there. But then he went to Ohio State on Weber's senior year in high school. So he was saying, Mike, come here, come here. Three days later, he bolts. He's now the New York Jets running back coach. Now, Weber wanted to go to Michigan. There was no way Ohio State was letting him out. No way. And he rebelled by wearing a Michigan shirt into the Ohio State locker room in the weight room. And he caught H E double L for that. That, but that was his way of revolting because they wouldn't let him go. No, they're not going to let him go. This kid was a top, the number one wide receiver in the country. USC is not letting him out of that. And they made that clear. So again, they, I've heard of colleges letting guys go. When, when coaches leave, they're not obligated to. They're not, they don't have to. If you but heard I've of heard, the number one wide receiver, number one quarterback, whatever position, number one, they're leasing them? No. If it's a mediocre player and they can get a better player for that scholarship, yeah, it's kind of like a wash and they'll let him go. But if it hurts the recruiting class, I could have sworn just somebody from Mississippi State. They were the same thing happened to them, and they first said no, and then Mississippi State released them. Only way I I could remember the the player's name. Only way they release them if the NCAA is huge on this. If they go to a a Division two school, they can play right away. But they transfer one to one. They have to wait a year. No, but they can be released by the college. Unless yes, that's only if the college does something that is not. I don't want to say fair. Uh, who was the quarterback? Patterson. There's a good example. Went to Old Miss. They got busted in a bowl ban, and he claimed that they lied to me. Now, my college career, I'm never going to do a bowl. I want to transfer without having to set out. And the NCAA went through how long? Of courts and lawyers, and they actually were. Yeah, but then they got it released. That's the NCAA. That's not the college itself. I still, it's it's the choice of the college. They can no, it's like, look. It's a contract. They can. The national letter of intent is a contract. So but you can force mm, someone to. I mean, but, you can rip a, up a I'm, contract anytime you want. So they can choose to rip the contract up and let him go. Right. What I'm telling you is, though, if it's the number one wide receiver in the country that, that is not getting ripped up. If it's number one quarterback, linebacker, defensive player, defensive back, you sign with us, you're sticking here. Now, that's a fourth, uh, I mean, a two-star or a one-star you know, college rate. That's a different story. You're right. Can you blame them, though? If, this, if it is, by your premise, if it is a, uh, a five-star recruit, why would you want them to go? And he signed a contract. Once again, I don't think the, the university who would do that, in this case USC, is wrong in any way. They want the talent. They but, signed the talent. Correct. But that kid's going not for the university. He's going for the coach. No, it says right in, I know, in the, a lot I of know, the time that you not, go to the university, not to the coach. But that's not what an 18-year-old is reading. The 18-year-old is thinking Cliff Kingsbury, that offense. And now you're bringing in a fullback. The kid's not going to. Is an eighteen-year-old? Is an eighteen-year-old? He's reached the age of majority. Is he able to sign a contract? He's an adult. Can he read and get agents or lawyers to sign a contract and tell him if the contract is good or not? You can't tell what? me he went in it ignorant. You can't tell me he didn't know what he was signing. He knew he oh, was signing for USC. I agree with that part. But once Cliff Kingsbury left, but but, but anyways, if I think that's very important. That, that that kid or that athlete is going for that coach, and that coach just barrels and bolts. There's no penalty for him. If the coach went to another college, there's no waiting. There's no penalty. He hasn't set out a year. He gets his $7 million, whatever the buyout is. He goes. But the kid has to – if he wants to transfer because now he wants to go to a school who's got that offense. Now, what, what I say is – this is changing the parameters, but if my kid's a five-star athlete, you're not signing anything. You're not signing a damn thing. You're going to show up the first day of a workout. You're there. The point of the National Lottery Intent is to secure a scholarship. If you do that and 
you have more leverage as a five star. Only a athlete. five star. I agree. That's, then you that's can the do point. that. But it, anyone else, you're doing it to get the to get the scholarship. I think to, how to make sure you're going to I think school. how it's set up though. These letter of intent should not be signed until the coaching staff is set. But aren't the coaches under a contract? Don't yes. they have to be released from their contract? No, they're bought out. It's a buyout. That's another form of release. But that's it's, where, wait, wait. That's the same exact thing I'm saying they but, should do for the letter of but, intent for the kid. But the kid, they should be. But the kid can't buy it out. Well, because he's not paid. No, they could, all they can do is release him. It's another form of a release. But, right, but that doesn't. If you can happen. do it for the coach, you can do it for the student. Let me give you an example. Jim Harbaugh. He is wanted. There are a ton of colleges, but he's got a huge buyout for Michigan, like five million. The school will pay the, 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 the getting a Harbaugh. Well, let's say it's Texas. They will pay Michigan $5 million and be happy to lure Harbaugh away. All right. So they're going to pay that buyout. There, there's no buyout for the college athlete. Once he signs it, he is locked dead and barrel into that school unless he can leave, but he sits out a year. I think the whole sitting out a year has got to go. If he wants to go, let him go. Let him go where they want to play. If it's not, if it isn't the coaching staff. Now, look. It's even been one up now because now it's not coaching staff. Justin Fields, the number one quarterback last year for Georgia, he didn't play this year. Guess what he's doing? He's transferring to Ohio State. Now, there's no injury. There's no coaching changes. And they may – it's not Georgia didn't release him. The NCAA saying, you know, just like Patterson, they have to go that whole thing. But I'm willing to bet he's going to play this year. So why can't that be universal just for all athletes? Well, theoretically, it can be, but if the law, if the rules go. are in place before the season starts, they should be followed. I mean, that's that's so. Well, is it is it ethical to have the athlete sit out the year if he wants to transfer? If that's the rules, I mean, that's what's well, set up. That I can't. They have the choice not to sign. What would make it ethical, unethical, would be if you take choice away from them. But they're signing. They're willfully signing that contract. So once they sign that, they're pretty much in that to the university. And they know that going into it. So I don't see, I don't see it being against the student all that much because we're talking about adults here. They're all 18. They're all able or theoretically, I guess you could sign a letter of intent at 17 going into next year. But they're about to reach the age of majority, which makes them legally able to sign a contract. That is a valid and binding contract. I don't see a problem at all with the the university holding them to the contract. That's what they signed. I guess my my concern, not problem, my concern is the kid being the 18 signed that contract is not signing to the university. I know the contract says I, I'm signed, I'm committing to the University of Michigan, but I'm coming for Jim Harbaugh. That's why I'm signing this letter of intent to the University of Michigan. So if Jim Harbaugh leaves and goes to I know, Bowling Green, he, you, you're going to go to Bowling Green because I'm, you signed for, for Jim Harbaugh. But, but, but yes, but I can't because now I got to stay here because if I go to Harbaugh, I got to sit out a year. That's, no, no. I don't. Are you really think he's going to leave Michigan? No, no. To go, that's my no. question. That's my question. You brought up the Jim Harbaugh. Texas. No, I said Bowling Green for a reason. Because if you're if you're truly there for Jim Harbaugh, you'll go wherever Jim Harbaugh goes. So if Jim Harbaugh goes to a lower college, well, Bowling Green, you're going. You're saying I signed for him. I'm going to Bowling Harbaugh, Green. For, come on, Harbaugh's not going to Bowling Green. You're not answering my question. I think that's important. You're not answering my. I question. I get where you're going with this because it's a lower college, but Harbaugh, he's not going to Bowling that's, Green. That's not he's the going argument. To, he's going to Texas. 
He's going to a bigger school. But that's that, not the argument. You're still all, not answering Bowling my question. Bowling Green is not paying the $5 million bonus it's, or, or buyout. It's, it's not happening. I know where you're going with this. It's hypothetical. Exactly. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to refute your argument. I your know. argument was that he's signing for Jim Harbaugh. Well, be if off. that's the case, please let me finish. If that's the case, he will follow Jim Harbaugh no matter where he goes. Even if it was... Henry Ford Community College. Eastern Michigan. If he's following or Eastern You've Michigan. Better off saying Eastern. I still say that is ridiculous. You just that's only to prove a point, and I get your point. He's not going to Eastern. My Michigan. point is he's not he's not signing for Jim Harbaugh. He's signing See, for the University of Michigan. Otherwise, he would follow Jim Harbaugh no matter where Jim Harbaugh went. Just like if if I was recruited by Bo Schumbecker in the day, I'm going there for Bo Schumbecker. Bo Schumbecker is not going back to Bowling Green or Miami of Ohio, and if he did. Yes. Now I am screwed. I'm not saying he did because I signed to go to with Bo Schembechler, not the University of Michigan. Now I'm yeah. Now if I want Bo, I got to go to Eastern Michigan. Where did this come from? Then where's your that, argument that he signed for Bo? Now see, the if, thing is, see you're you're see, contradicting yourself no. by saying he wouldn't follow him. Look, all I'm saying is you know what I'm saying is he gets screwed the second Bo. Left. I got screwed because I went for Bo because you sign you don't sign for the coach you sign for the university. See no see that's what I that that's technically what the contract says. When the player picks the school, they're going to the offense that they're going to – look, a wide receiver is not going to go to a, a wishbone offense. They're not doing it because they know they're not going to throw the ball. And all of a sudden, you got the, they signed to go to a wide-open spread five receiver. They're going to catch the ball 20 times a game. And now all of a sudden, this coach goes, bring Bo Schumbeckler in, and it's three yards in a bowl of dust. Bring fullbacks in. This wide receiver screwed. He went for the offense. Now, I know what you're getting at, what the contract says. But again, I'm going for the coach, and that's what I'm not contradicting myself. I want to go to Bo Schembechler, and I'm also signing this contract. A little bit of trust that Harbaugh or whoever I'm signing is not going to go to Eastern Michigan. If anywhere, he'd go to a bigger school, a better program. And yes, do you sign I'm the contract there? Do you sign the contract with Jim Harbaugh, or do you sign the contract with the well, University legally, of Legally, it's with Michigan, but I'm going for Jim Harbaugh, and, and that's uh, the whole point of recruiting. Brady Hoke was an awesome recruiter, crappy coach. Uh, Rodriguez. <laughs> What's your point? I Both. don't understand the point. Brady Hoke could recruit but could not coach, all right? So these players, they were going for Brady Hoke. Now, when Brady Hoke left and her, and her uh, hardball was coming, how many players transferred? Well, that, that proves they weren't for Brady Hoke, were they? Exactly. Well, no, Hoke was more – he was a good recruiter. Harbaugh was in the NFL. Urban Meyer, those guys get NFL players, and kids know that. Nick Saban's a classic example. They – they do not go to Alabama for the Crimson Tide. They're going there for Nick Saban and all these pros that he's put out, period. And if a kid goes there, and now Saban, I can't see, see. There's the one where no matter where he goes, it's going to be a step down. He's king. He's got The only place he can go is the NFL. And the kids will follow him. They're going to those school, that school, Alabama, for Saban. Unless and he goes to Bowling going, Green, they won't follow him. You're, 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 well, again, <laughs> here we go again. Is Saban, come on. Is Saban going to Bowling Green? That's not the argument, Jerry. I know. That's the not argument the is argument. They're not following Nick Saban. But they're going to the college. They're not. And not just the college, too. There's one thing we're leaving out here. They're also going there for an education. I and agree. Michigan, no, Michigan would be a better education than Eastern Michigan, no, and they would stay there. I, no, I agree. The, the, the college, the education they're getting, that's that should be primary. But in our discussion, yes, they're getting an awesome education. Well, that's included in but the whole what I'm mix saying of why they're signing. Legally, in the contract, you are correct. They're signing themselves to that university. What I'm telling you, no, they're, fo- they're going there for those coaches. Especially nowadays, and they're making a mistake. Then they're making a huge. They're 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 taking a risk, and it's their risk to take. They can they can choose to sign anywhere they want. 
but they're they're making a a risk in signing there because Jim Harbaugh, even though I don't think he's going to, he could leave next year, and anyone who went there for him would be screwed according to your your scenario. Absolutely, but that's their risk to take by signing under Harbaugh, and even if he chooses to go. I mean, that doesn't make Harbaugh wrong. But I think that the NCAA should make, they should really adjust it to where if the head coach or coordinators leave, then those kids should have a right to go without any penalty. But then, they then, then you got to change the contract. If you read the National Letter of Intent, I, yes. it says right in there, you, you are signing to the university, not the coach. I know. And I, until I, that is changed, I, I don't think you with. have an argument. And I think they should take out the, 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 the sitting of one year as a penalty. Because that coach doesn't get penalized. And again, th- it's changed. It's not the way it used to be. And there's recruiting, all these contracts, they're from back in the 60s and 50s when Bo Schembeck and Woody Hazel were co- recruiting. So the language is, is not changed, but the, um, the process, the kids, the development has changed 120%. I don't mind you taking the year out. I totally don't. As long as it's put in t- before the year starts and everyone knows the, the rule. I think that hurts the I th- kid. I don't mind it as, as long as everyone is playing on, on the level playing field. All my argument is, is that what I've stated over and over again, they're not signing for the coach. Okay. They may, they may be, they may be propelling them to there. That may be convincing them to go there, but the ultimately they are signing for the university. Here's another thing we're going to have to wait to see if Justin Fields gets released to play for Ohio State because technically he should wait his sophomore year and not play until he's a junior. Now, why the other quarterback has already left tells me he's going to start, he's going to play, and that's wrong because they let him not uh, forego that fresh sitting it out. I agree. If that happens, that would be wrong because he's so, not playing. Someone's breaking the rules or they're bending the rules for him, and then they should just wipe the rules out. I totally agree. So that, that's one thing we've got to wait and see. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that settles that. Um, well, thanks for listening to the Grand Design Podcast. Once again, you can hear us, you can get in touch with us at Grand Designs Podcast.com, on Twitter at Grand Designs Pod, 